At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Hi, this is Allie. This is Sarah. Hi, my name is Leslie, and I'm calling today because we really like having people over to our apartment. How you can throw a dinner party without a dining table. What should I do? Hi, and welcome to Burnt Toast from Food52.com, a podcast about what we all talk about around the stove, at the water cooler, in the office. It's what doesn't make it on the website, but what we're all talking about otherwise. I'm Kenzie Wilbur, the managing editor of Food52, and I'm here with Amanda and Merrill, co-founders of our company. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey, hey Kenzie. Today we're dedicating a whole episode to your questions on dinner parties. A few of you called in. We also want to talk about how to kick people out when they stay too long, what you do when you ruin an entree that you planned on serving as the main course, all kinds of fun stuff. So Amanda, you brought in a tart to bring to a dinner party, which is a little fitting because that's what we're talking about today. I did. A friend invited us over for dinner on a weeknight, which I thought was so kind of brave and ambitious and it's very admirable mm -hmm. um and so i felt like well we should bring something we should help ease their pain <laughs> <laughs> so i made my mom's peach tart but i made it with a mix of apricots and peaches this time and i feel like one of the biggest dinner party boons is dessert i always forget to do it and one of your tips is always to do it first or like we're learning today probably outsource Mm -hmm. So right. did they ask you or did you just volunteer to bring I just it? volunteered. You're the world's best guest. No, I, no I'm not. <laughs> That's a sign of having hosted a lot of dinner parties. <laughs> you know is. how it works. <laughs> um, but it's probably, dessert is probably not a bigger boon than throwing a dinner party on a weeknight. Yes. And actually that's one of our first questions. So should we listen? Yeah. Okay. I want to throw more dinner parties during the week after work but I find it almost impossible to get everything done in an hour when guests are coming over. What should I do? Well, this is hilarious because I know this person. In fact, <laughs> in fact, in fact I sit next to her. And yesterday, like at 5 o'clock, like her whole body like jolted in her chair. And I was like, what's wrong? She's like... Oh my god! I have people coming over. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. So, so full disclosure. This is Bridget, our COO, um, and she threw a dinner party last night. And I was like, "Why did you ask this question?" She was like, "It's very. It was very top of mind." Um, it and a little too late. Yeah. The full report from her is that dinner didn't start until nine thirty. People were there until one thirty a.m. Oh god. There were a bunch of disasters, but you know, nobody noticed, and everybody everybody has a good time. Well, I I think I also like alarmed her because she's like, "Well, I'm making." the roasted carrots with avocado and I was like oh you are because I, I had just made it two nights ago and it's a little it's bit labor consuming yeah it's totally fussy so we discussed like ways to you know kind of combine steps um, what did you tell her to do I'm curious well so it's a two part like it's a recipe where you you boil the carrots until they're just tender and then you like toss them with this dressing and then roast them at a high heat yeah. to like crisp them and also roast the, the citrus with them 
I was like, just just mix it all together and, and roast it all together, you know, like at a slightly lower temperature. Mm-hmm. So you skip the boiling step, and which saves you a pan and probably about 40 minutes of time. I'm just curious because I know that those carrots are also roasted whole. Yeah. I wonder if cutting them up could also save you some time. Yes, you don't get yes. the same presentation, yeah. obviously, because it's beautiful with the whole carrots, but... Yeah. And I mean, uh, frankly, Bridget was already all, she's like, oh, yeah, I wasn't going to do both steps anyhow. (laughs) (laughs) Which I like. I like her style. Which is like, that's the kind of personality you kind of need to throw a a weeknight dinner party. It's true. It's the like, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. I think winging it and adapting things and pairing back is Uh just a great strategy for weeknight dinner parties. I mean, number one, picking simple recipes is always a great place to start. But I think in this case, you know, you can kind of evoke the spirit of a dish that's very sophisticated and just figure out ways to tweak it. I also think that there's a lot you can do. By, like, like your grill is your friend on a weeknight mm-hmm. dinner party, right? Yes. You can, like, grill a great steak or, you know, pork chops or what have you. And then just spend your time on, like, a, like a great, interesting salad. Yep. Like, do one one thing well, like, really well, and then keep everything else super pared, pared mm-hmm. down. As you say, I think that's, like, a... A good way to go. I also think, just to your point, spending time on a salad or a vegetable dish Mm -hmm. is something sort of unexpected. I think people often expect, you know, almost like a brainless approach to vegetables, right, or Mm -hmm. salad. And they just expect the same old thing. But if you have a few extra minutes because everything else is really simple... You can add, you know, some unexpected elements like, you know, chopped herbs to, you know, to a salad. Obviously, like really make the flavor so much more interesting. Or you can you can spend your time on textural elements. The salad we had the other night, Amanda, had those candied sunflower seeds, weren't they? Ooh. Which mm-hmm. do you remember at the mm-hmm. dinner with mm-hmm. the lentils? Yes. And I thought that was like the most amazing. They were they were just this little crunchy, tiny bit sweet, nutty thing, and it was such a great addition. And it really kind of made the salad come to life. Yeah. So I think things like that, you can, when you take the time, you can really make the salad or the vegetables really interesting. I feel like another thing that can be helpful is just great bread. Yes. Because Mm -hmm. then you don't have to like roast, you don't have to make potatoes or rice or anything. You just like get a beautiful loaf of bread, nice salted European butter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And right. And then it cuts down a whole like you know, component of your meal. Yep. And yeah. people are always happy. And and bread is another good thing to have on hand also in case you run out of food. Uh-huh. That that's true. one of my <laughs> greatest fears is not making enough. Mm-hmm. So how do you sort of approximate, you know, how much food for each person? And then do you keep anything on hand just in case? Like just in case somebody okay. eat, there's that one guest who eats all the things and then there's nothing left for everybody else. <laughs> Oh, I have a good story about that, but you, I feel like you're about to say something. Well, you, you I was saying, first. like, I, I, I have share that, that fear. So I, I've actually, I never run out of food. Uh, and they, I, Because I always make, like, way too much. But the, uh, the other, like, sort of benefit slash reason to do that is that I feel like if you're going to, like, make the effort to en- to entertain and really kind of, you know, put your heart and soul into it, like, you're really probably not going to want to cook the next night. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I like making sure that there's, like, enough to – and also I feel like it's such a nice reminder of a dinner party if you get to kind of have some of the leftovers. Yeah. It kind of brings back the the fun time. Yeah, I totally agree with you. In fact, that makes me think about my childhood whenever we had a holiday party. And my parents used to throw up pretty much a yearly holiday party there would would be so much food left over and it was often you know little sandwiches and dip and just really you know yummy little things and having it again the next night was always such a fun 
thing. It was a, it was a great reminder. It made you feel really festive two nights in a row. Yeah. yeah. See, I always loved as a kid sneaking into the kitchen the next morning and opening the fridge and seeing what all the adults had had. <laughs> what was yeah? What, what's still there? Yeah. Uh-huh. Totally. I know. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I do the same thing, Amanda. I make a lot. I in fact, I usually make a lot extra. Yeah. Both so that I don't feel scared at all, mm-hmm. but to have extra food. And then sometimes if there's just way too much, I'll actually send people home with stuff that yes. they loved, mm-hmm. which I think is a nice thing to be able to do too. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. A good, a good sort of backup strategy, like on, because on the dessert front, there are certain desserts that you're not going to want to make too, like pies. Yes. You know, um, just always have a good stock of ice cream mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it stretches any kind of dessert. And also, like, if if people want seconds and all there is is ice cream, no one's going to be sad. I mean, that's a good life <laughs> that's lesson a anyway. Right? It's a good motto. <laughs> um, okay, so I like this disaster road a little bit. Running out of food is one thing that I'm very nervous about. <laughs> we went to a potluck on Fashion Island in Washington, uh, right outside, of, in, I guess in Seattle or right outside of Seattle. And um, we, we have to mention that you were eight months pregnant. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we were on book tour. <laughs> like small and detail. Amanda was Not doing really all wanting... the driving because I basically couldn't get behind the wheel. <laughs> and <laughs> we had all these potlucks, which were so great. But, you know, there was a little bit of a question mark as to who was going to show up with what. Every time it was a little nerve wracking. And we we got to this one dinner, which was lovely. I mean, the setting was just could not have been more idyllic. And the group was wonderful, but there was not enough food. And Amanda and I ended up going to the local grocery store. Like It was like a 10-minute drive away when we realized that this was going to be the case. We got everyone liquored up. We yes. drove to the grocery store and bought a ton of eggs <laughs> and came back. And we'd make scrambled eggs or we'd make, yeah, scrambled eggs, right? Yeah, scrambled, I love scrambled eggs. And bacon. And bacon, and, right. And he happened to have, the host happened to have beautiful country bread. Yes. Thank goodness. Yeah. So. And then we supplemented with all the beautiful, small <laughs> vegetable dishes that people had brought. <laughs> uh, and dessert. I think, like, everyone brought dessert. That was yes. the other thing. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm loving these learnings. Like, make sure that you get everybody liquored up. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. So even if we run out of food, nobody notices, mm-hmm. really. And breakfast for dinner. Breakfast for dinner. dinner. Yep. So what if you're making something for a dinner party and you just totally mess it up? Well, I've done that. I think we all have. <laughs> multiple, multiple times. Um, so I, I made this braised short ribs dish, which I'd made a million times, but I used to a diff, like a slightly different cut of short rib from a farm that I had never bought. Like this was like such a rookie mistake. You know, twenty years in, one shouldn't be making mistakes like this. So, <laughs> not sure what We're got into me. Yes, yeah, so I'm judging myself <laughs> harshly. Um, and and like the day of, you know, I was you know something like a braise. I make a couple of days in advance, which is a great like dinner party trick, right? And I just felt nervous about it. it just didn't, it cooked strangely. It took forever. The sauce had cooked down, and I was like, Tad, can you just taste? Give that a little taste, and let me know what you think. And Tad is a very like he's a very friendly taster. He pretty much like. <laughs> Likes everything. Um, and he took one bite and he was like, mm, not so sure. And that was a, it was like the, the um, instant confirmation that this was not going to happen. And it was just like there was no time. In fact, it wasn't even like that morning. I think it was actually like a couple of hours before the party. And so we had to do a last minute like menu change. That was the main course. And so 
my fallback dinner party, save when it's not breakfast for dinner, is grilled flank steak or broiled, in this case, uh, with green sauce. Did you have to go get the steak? So he yes. Okay. So I mean, it does. <laughs> it does require it's a it's a two it's a two man <laughs> two man job two man job. Yeah. And so he he went and got the steak while I made green sauce and I made a green sauce basically because I always have herbs some herbs of some sort in my vegetable drawer and so I just like it was like probably like parsley and cilantro and some scraps of garlic and uh, I always have anchovies and so put them in a blender and actually it was funny people like raved about it and I was, and I and I so I told Did you the, tell the them? Guests, yeah, yeah I was like well actually this was not what was intended <laughs> <laughs> I bet they were so impressed uh. that you were able to pull off a really great plan B and they, they had no idea I love that yeah I think we're really getting to the root of why I don't host many dinner parties because <laughs> it I strikes have, fear have, in your heart <laughs> I have a lot of anxiety about them um, another one is where does everybody sit what if you put people together that aren't having a good time, or do you even tell people where to sit? Do you let them kind of find their own way? What do you What do you do? What What's your What's your strategy here? So we, we well, I think that p- part of this comes from the fact that we often have dinner parties where not everyone knows each other, and so we we feel like you absolutely need to seat people, and some of it sometimes it's because we want to like introduce someone to another person and make sure that they uh, we feel like they you know they enjoy each other and make sure that they have a chance to connect. They're matchmakers, uh, but <laughs> yes, we are. We were we were they run somebody... a small business from their home exactly <laughs> on the side. <laughs> um, Tad is quite adamant about this, and he so this is like he does this, he does the flowers. He helps with shopping. Like, you know, we, we divide and conquer. And so the seating chart is always his. He does I'm sorry. It. I love he that Tad does the flowers. <laughs> I didn't know that. He does a great oh, job, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. He loves doing the flowers. And our sort of strategy is, well, like, I often, I was, will sit in a seat that's close to the kitchen and and usually seat someone next to me that is who, like, we know and are comfortable so that if I have to, if like, abandon the table, or, uh, right. they, they're not going to feel, like, at sea. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we, if somebody who we know is very funny is coming, we always put those the funny people at the center of the table. Uh, so if you're on the ends of our table, <laughs> it doesn't mean that you're not funny. It's just that somebody else might be you're a little less bit funny. funnier than you. Because it's, 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 not, it's great to have. Or if like, somebody has a larger-than-life personality, yeah. those are great center of the table people because they can really um, kind of, you know. Work the room. Yeah, work the room, rev <laughs> things up at needed moments. I'm so scared. I hope I, I'm, uh, what if I sit at the end? Like, I don't. <laughs> you just know. need a little I was hand at the holding. End once. That's, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I know. Oh, my God. Um, all right. We should listen to another question. I want yeah. to sort of take a step back before all of the food and just address getting to the place where you even feel comfortable having people over in a space that maybe isn't that perfect for entertaining. So Leslie's question is about not having a dining room table. Let's listen. Hi, my name is Leslie, and I'm calling today because living in a New York apartment, my biggest obstacle to throwing a dinner party is a limited seating. I don't have room for a dining table in my apartment, and I just have a couch and a few chairs. And I was wondering how you can throw a dinner party without a dining table. We grew up eating on our laps in the living room, not every night, but socially. That wasn't an uncommon thing. And I think it can be a really nice thing. I mean, you know, there are certain there are certain things you have to think about to make people's lives a little easier when they're, you know, sort of navigating having a plate and maybe having a glass and, you know, silverware and all that stuff. Like, I think you want 
if you're going to sit on a sofa or, you know, sofa and chairs, you need to make sure you have little tables or some surfaces where people feel safe setting down a glass <laughs> or something or their plate if they want to get up. Um, but I, I think it can actually be really nice, cozy, you know, a nice, cozy way to, to entertain. I even think it's nice to sit on the floor. Yeah. Like if you have a low coffee table mm-hmm. or even if you don't, if you can just buy like a big tray and be kind of it sort of anchors the the sort of it becomes a table yeah. in a sense that people can surround. I just think it, it also like it makes people more like relaxed and they feel like they're really in, like welcome in your home if they can be like sitting on your floor. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I think it, it, it um in some ways can make for a more fun dinner party than when you're at like a formal table, yeah. which can, I don't know, sometimes shuts people down. This is making me feel so much better. I have this thought that if I don't have a real dining room table, like I'm not an adult yet. But that's a really great <laughs> point. True. I think you're sometimes just constrained. <laughs> yeah. And a lot but, of people will often say like, oh, I, I can't entertain because my kitchen is so small. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I empathize with that. But I also feel like there are great ways you can get around it and, you know, so, cooking in stages and things like that. But like you don't have to, not everything has to be in your kitchen. In fact, when I first moved to New York, my kitchen was one of those that was kind of in a wall that you had little doors. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a closet, yeah. right? And so I would make things, and then I would store them in other areas of the apartment. So I remember having a dinner party once, and um, I had made lemon tarts, and I put them in my bedroom. And in order to get to the bathroom, you had to go through my bedroom. And so, like, I at one point, I excused myself to go to the bathroom, and don't worry, I did wash my hands. But um, I, I, on my way back, I just was like, oh, the tarts, I'll pick them up now because it's almost dessert time. So I came back from the bathroom with tarts, and everyone was like, what? Did you just make there? Yeah, like, <laughs> She really is good. So, exactly. <laughs> I have an it's, oven in my bathroom. <laughs> so it could be a great party trick. <laughs> Should we listen to one more? Oh, this is one of my favorites. What do you do when people stay too long? Let's listen to Sarah and Allie. Hi, this is Allie. This is Sarah. We really like having people over to our apartments. But sometimes we're just ready to clean up and go to sleep. How do you get your guests to leave after the party? Thank you. You can only drop so many hints, right? I think... I think it really depends on the person, how well you know the person who's lingering. I mean, I have friends who just can't take a hint, but they're good enough friends that I can be pretty straightforward with them, you know? <laughs> Listen. Um, I always, I mean, my strategy, and maybe this isn't the best strategy because it's a little passive aggressive, I start to do the dishes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, not with people I don't know. I would never do that with people I don't know well. I just flick the lights. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up a sign that says, please exit Maybe <laughs> to the I, rear. I always feel like if people are, like, staying and having fun. You just I, let them stay. Me, yeah, it's kind of like dinner party victory. I feel like, oh, oh it's a great God, thing. People are like, or if they got a little tipsy, I'm always, like, very kind of, like, amused and charmed. But what if you need to go to bed? Well, it's 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 interesting because, well, so we went to a dinner party last summer and the host at kind of a quite early hour stood up and said, well, I'm sure you all have fun things to do tomorrow. And I do, too. So, you know, let's call it a night. And it was like it was one of those things where at first I was like stunned. But then everyone was like, you could see relief wash over everyone because Uh we were all having a great time. It was a fantastic party. But we all kind of, you know, it was summer. Do you want to like get up early and like do, you know, take advantage of the beautiful days? You don't want to be the person who leaves first. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And feel self-conscious about it. And and feel Mm -hmm. like, yeah, like you're you're like a buzzkill, right? Um, I witnessed something similar last week. Yeah. Where someone... I was at a dinner party actually in our office and someone knew that the group had been out late the night before and we were having a great time. And she said, 
I know you're out late last night. We don't want to, you know, we, we want to make sure you get rested tonight. And, you know, we've had a lovely time, but please don't feel you have to stay. And it was like, same thing. You just saw the sort of the face relax and, and everyone was, it was also, it's about leaving the party when you're still having a great time. Yes. Uh-huh. Because I think often when you end up in those situations where everyone's just like, gets another drink and migrates into the living room and sort of like starts, you know, <laughs> yeah. like lying on your couch, then it's really hard to end it at that point too. Totally. It becomes more and more difficult, yeah. I think, yeah. to end it. It's, and then everyone's sort of like, ah, oh, what was I thinking the next morning? It's the law of diminishing returns, uh-huh. right? Yes. Yeah. Thomas Keller's philosophy applied to dinner parties. Like yeah. you want to leave while you still have fond memories and right. you're not too tired and feel like your teeth are being pulled. Yeah. And you're not going to be too hungover the next day. Right. Absolutely. Um, I love that. I love that approach. I'm going to try it. Yeah, I you know, I it's I realized it like she she's a very confident person mm-hmm. and so she just, you know, delivered it well. Delivered it well and cheerfully and it was sort of per- the perfect ending. Yeah. Yeah, I think the key there is that you have to be confident about it. Yes. I feel like I might be a little cowering and awkward and people would be like, Does she want to practice us up? in front of the mirror. <laughs> Good. Nice. And don't do the passive aggressive start the dishes thing. <laughs> do you want do you want to practice it for this podcast? We've all had a really good time, but Exactly. Please feel free to leave the studio. <laughs> we all have really fun things to do this afternoon. It's a beautiful day outside. Let's all go take advantage of it. <laughs> so that's it for this episode of Burnt Toast. Our producer is Henry Malofsky. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Please let us know what you think of the show. Our Twitter address is at Food52, and you can email us at editors at food52.com. If you like the show, tell everyone you know, and subscribe to us on iTunes. And we want to know if you have any dinner party stories or photos, so Instagram them and hashtag them with F52Podcast. For Amanda Hester and Meryl Stubbs, I'm Kenzie Wilbur. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.